Cardinals 27, Giants 21. Welcome to Talking Giants. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner. Coming to you with my co-host, who was at the game today in New Jersey, Danny King. Third loss in a row under the Daniel Jones era. Now two, under, two and three under Daniel Jones. Two and five as the season goes. Not looking good for the Giants. Have a lot to unpack. Obviously frustrating on multiple levels. We have, you know, like I said, a lot to unpack, a lot to talk about. But Danny, how you feeling? What was the the vibe in the stadium? I know it was rainy and and disgusting out there, but how are you doing? I mean, I'm happy I'm not out in this rain anymore. But I mean, it was not fun sitting there with the team that put up what they did out there. The vibe in the stadium. I mean, it was good for like that second quarter with the block punt and then that great pass by Daniel Jones for the touchdown. But other than that, it was really just a soggy, wet day. The the mood was not good. No one was really pumped to be there. So, I mean, it just, the vibe wasn't good. And, I mean, the fans were not happy leaving the stadium. It was just bad, bad, bad day all around at MetLife. Probably one of the worst days I remember as being at MetLife. Yeah, and this was a winnable game, a game we were favored in. I, you know, a game I, I expected to win. You know, we joke about always picking the Giants to win, but this was a game we expected to win. We're going against Detroit next week. I don't think we really expect to win. And we got, you know, fire Pat Shermer, blah, blah, blah. And I, I was really contemplating on how to attack a few issues on this show because I know some things, like, basically this is what it is. Is I we try to do a good job of being reasonable, not overreacting. Obviously, like losses kill us, and there's times where we come on here on Mondays and we overreact to something. We go back and watch the tape, and we're like, okay, we were wrong about that. And when we try to not like get into overreaction, like this, like blah blah blah, like like when we called for Eli Manning to be benched, we didn't do we like we made that decision before, or at least I made that decision that if against Buffalo he struggles. And it doesn't look good. It's time to move on uh, and move to Daniel Jones. So when it's just we come on like it's time, just get rid of Eli. It's all Eli's fault. Um, but Daniel Jones had a bad game, and he's a rookie. And we'll talk about what led to his bad game. Uh, obviously, there was the sacks and the fumbles, eight total sacks. And I want to, I'm going to break down each sack and explain why it wasn't the O line just getting completely blown up. Although I don't think the O line played good. But I'm, I'm just tired of. It's week seven, and we're trying to fire Pat Shermer five games into his career with his QB, Daniel Jones. Five games in, and we're, try- and we're calling for this firing. It's so aggravating to me. I mean, they're now like people are like, oh, well, point to a, a game where you say the, the coach, Pat Shermer, won the game. Well, point to any, any coach. Unless it was in the Super Bowl or it was some trick play, nobody really remembers coaching win a game. Tough, Tom Coughlin. When do, go to point to a Tom Coughlin game and be like, wow, his coaching really won the game. And I'm not saying like Tom Coughlin didn't matter. He was a great coach. And there was times where he won because of his coaching. But point to a re, point to when Tom Coughlin won the game. You can't. Point to, like, point to a game where any of these coaches won a game. Like the only ones you're going to remember are like Doug Peterson in the Super Bowl with the Eagles. And like, like Bill Belichick, who's the best coach of all time. Point to a game and be like, wow, he did that. He's a great coach, and he does do that. But point to a moment. It's just, and, like, we haven't won games yet. And and you know what? The coaching was great against Tampa this year. We came out the first play of the second half and ran a great play that was drawn up to Evan Ingram for 75 yards. That's great coaching. Uh, it's just, like, there is Chicago last year. That was really good coaching. And I'm not, like, sitting here banging, like, saying Pat is the greatest coach, and I, I do have some critiques of him. But... It's just one of those things where when we lose, it's going to be called from the fire. And you know what? There's so many people out there who do giant stuff that just go with the wind of what the hive says. I can point you to them. If you want to go follow them, point to them. But I promise you they're going to end up on old takes exposed every other month because they just say what they know people want to hear. And they're like the third and the third and 15 draw play, which was an audible. It was an audible. They knew they were going for it on fourth down. So that's basically a second down on a regular play. They played deep. It was a draw play. It was b- blocked badly. But that play, if that bl- play is blocked correctly, it gets eight, nine yards minimum. But it was blocked badly, and it got, what, four or five yards? And then, you know, or, or two, I can't even remember. Like, that isn't like the wor- And I was like, man, if I say that, people are going to freak out. 
But I was like, you know what? I believe, and I was on the live stream. I was on, I was Periscope when I was doing that. I was on Periscope, and I was like, I, I don't hate that play call. So even with my reaction right in the moment, I was like, no, that kind of makes sense. It didn't work out, but that makes sense. And we ended up getting the ball back. I just, it's so frustrating me. I, like, I'm telling you, I'll point to every account. They're useless. They just say, do that. They just say whatever the hive says. And like, play, like people are like, oh, like his, his, his plays don't work. Like, you don't know that. You don't you can't see the routes being developed on TV. You can't see it. And Daniel Jones was really the main reason for a struggling offense today. And we'll get into that. But I'm not like, I'm also not blaming Jones because, well, I am blaming Jones, but I'm not worried about him long term because of the stuff he did wrong and stuff that happens with a young rookie QB and a young rookie QB who doesn't just take the check down every play so he has a good completion percentage. But there is criticism of Pat Shermer. Stop challenging pass interferences. It's useless. And that goes to every NFL coach. Stop challenging pass interferences. It's a waste of a timeout. Don't do that. The refs have made up in their mind, and they're sticking it to the league because they hate this rule, and they say, we're not overturning nothing. We're not overturning a single thing. So stop wasting your timeouts on that, Pat Shermer. You've done it too many times this year. And since Pat Shermer's the head coach, grab James Betcher by the balls and say, be aggressive. Be who we hired you to be because you're not aggressive. You have the most simplistic defensive game plan in the NFL. And that's why we had success against New England because they didn't do anything special and they tried to run up the middle of against this whole game. James Betcher is not doing his job. James Betcher is not blitzing. He's, they've, they've, they've blitzed seven one time this year. Arizona did it twice in this game and it worked. So, yeah, be a head coach and go after James Betcher. And if you want to say, you know, maybe he should give up play calling, I agree with you. that I, I would like them to go out and try and get an offensive coordinator in the offseason. But, man, how many times have we seen these young QBs and they just get coach after coach after coach? Are we, we're the New York Giants. We don't do that. We don't do that. And people like Cliff Kingsbury, watch. The league's going to catch up with him. That, that happens all the time. We bring in these new guys. Like, look at Chip Kelly's offense the first year, how great it was. I'm just over it, man. It's like it's, it's just no patience. We, everyone knew this team was a rebuilding team. And the people who are pounding on the table for him to be fired – we're the ones who were saying that the most. We were on the on the wrong side where we were just being a little positive. We're like, you know what? Maybe we can pull something out this year, nine to seven, ten and six, if if which if it all works out perfectly and there's no injuries. And this is a rebuilding team. And Daniel Jones played bad this game. He he didn't throw the ball when guys were open. He held, he didn't get rid of the ball. He fumbled. He had a horrible interception. We had drop passes that left points on the board. We had a field goal miss that left points on the board. It's just, I'm, it's like, look at the big picture. Firing Pat Shermer is not the answer to get us, like, I just don't understand what people think it's going to accomplish. So, like, yes, I agree. Maybe he should give up play calling if we can find the right offensive coordinator, not just for the sake of it and, and for media relations. And maybe Betcher needs to go at the end of the season because he's not doing what he was brought in to do. And, and, like, and against New England, we talked about it. That was a bad decision to not go for it on fourth and two. But my, we had two time, We had two drives to go and score a touchdown, and, we, and the ball didn't move. The ball didn't move. We got the ball back, and the ball didn't move. So I'm just I'm frustrated, man. I'm, I'm tired of it. And, and if you don't like that, go follow other people. Go listen to other Giants podcasts out there. There's the millions of them. They're going to go overreact, and they're going to say exactly what you're feeling. But I don't want to do that. I want to be reasonable. I want to look at things before I make a decision. I don't want to just react. Because I know if I put out a tweet – that says, Pat Shermer sucks. He needs to be fired. He did this, this, and that. It's going to get 500 likes. I'm going to gain this amount of followers from that. But I don't want to do that. If I were to put out a tweet saying the offensive line was absolutely garbage, unbelievable, Dave Gettleman did not address this offensive line. This offensive line sucked. Nate Sirolder's overpaid. That tweet would do great. But guess what? When I put out a tweet earlier that said on eight of the sacks, maybe four were on the offensive line, five likes which I'm fine with. I'm not like out looking for likes, but basically what I'm saying is when you actually be reasonable about something and show it with tape, it's not going to be as impressive. And guess what? And losing sucks. So if we win this game by three points and we have the drive at the end of the game, nobody's talking about that third and 15 draw. And it's just frustrating, man. Like Danny, talk to me. So, so 
I'm, I'm going to be honest here. I'm, I'm one of the people that uh, retweeted that tweet that was put out there about Pat Shimmer's coaching advantage. My opinion right now, I was sitting there in the rain, so I'm not quite happy. But I, I agree with you 100%. It doesn't make sense to fire Pat Shimmer. While I have issues with his play calling, and I do question sometimes if he's the right guy to be calling the plays. That That's my main issue right here. It, he, I feel like he just shouldn't be calling the plays. He needs to focus just, I don't know. I'll get to that in a second, but I'm fine with that. But yeah. it's, 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 and I'm not saying Pat Shermer's out there lighting it up and he, everyone's just not realizing it. But I'm saying having some patience. So, like, can we have this conversation in week 15, week 16? Why are we doing this halfway, like less than halfway through the season and seven games into this young rookie QB? It's just, it's just aggravating beyond belief. I'm not saying like, oh, I'm not saying Pat Shermer's amazing and is untouchable. But gee, it's just the overreaction to every single week I'm over with. And maybe this is – I just need to learn to deal with this because this is what, like, football world is now with Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. I don't know. It's just – like and – we'll, and I'm going to – we need to get to Daniel Jones eventually because I'm going to tell you why he was the reason the offense wasn't moving the way it should have been. But I just hate the overreaction every single week, man. If we win three games in a row, it's going to be, wow, Patrick really bounced back. It's, it's obvious, and that's and 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 justifiably like wins are wins and losses are losses. Wins are awesome, losses suck. But it's just like I don't know. Like he hasn't. If he's such a horrible coach, like coaches, like it's so easy to lose a locker room in today's NFL. You see it around the league. It is so easy to lose a locker room in the NFL. We saw it with McAdoo after a team that went to the playoffs. He lost the locker room at this point. At this point, he had lost their locker room. But for some reason, these Giants players love. Pat Shermer they come and say I did that for you coach so I I just and it's just frustrating man it's just like let's talk about this later in the season to do this in the middle of the season I get we have to talk about things but just the fire Pat Shermer fire Pat Shermer it's like well and then who else like who who are you gonna bring in who who are the other people out there it's just and you know what most people wanted Matt Matt, uh, uh, Josh McDaniels it's I don't know it's it's just frustrating that we have to do this all the time. And they're the same people who called for Tom Coughlin to be fired in 2007. And they're the same people that called for Tom Coughlin to be fired in 2011. And they're the same ones who did it in 16. It's just, we got to fire. It's, I don't like what I'm seeing, so fire somebody. That's that's my beef. Point, like, I don't know. I, maybe I should stop ranting about this. But I'm just, I'm just kind of over it at this point. Let's be, and you know what? Most of the people that follow us aren't like that. And I know, like, I'm not saying you have to be in love with Pat Shermer and believe in him, but it's just like, oh, we need to fire him right now. Let's fire him right now. Is the that's the kind of stuff that bothers me. Yeah, I can't hide from the fact that I, I put that tweet out there because it was it was more of a it was more tweet like was in the moment tweet where you were just asking a question. Yeah. Yeah. You see, my. Pat Shermer, the thing is, we have a rookie QB, Daniel Jones. What's the point of stunting his growth by firing his head coach year one? I mean, the Jets, that that could be a decision that could work out fantastic for them, or it will be a terrible decision to have fired top bowls and just bring a new head coach. You need to give your – they need to time to mesh. And I believe that Pat Shermer – while I, I compared the situation to Ben McAdoo in 2017 when he gave up the play call and it felt like the offense – got a little bit better but we were still three and 13 that year so maybe that i, I just feel like patrick's play calling ability hasn't blown me away i feel like in 2018 it was much better i'm not sure why i'm feeling it like hasn't it's blown a, me away re- either it ha- like i'm not i'm not sitting here like defending patrick yeah. i'm just saying let's relax a little bit this is a rebuilding year with a new qb who's five games in yeah, because my my I'm comparing it to that Ben McAdoo thing, and obviously I something has changed from this year, last year to this year with the play calling ability. But he hasn't lost a locker room. That's the big thing. These guys are still going out there and fighting. While the offense laid a complete egg out there, look at the defense. They fought until the very end, and I believe this year the fall guy will be his better. What has he done? Go go look at the defense as a whole. Yes, they played well against New England, but I said I'm not going to fall into this trap because New England wasn't anything special. I fell into the trap after the Bucks game, and I was completely – and we fell into that Redskins trap. But remember, it's the Washington Redskins. Then when they went out and played the Minnesota Vikings, they did nothing really. So we got to 
the problem right now is it's on the defensive side of the ball. We're not getting we're not giving them the unique looks James Betcher was brought here to do. And then if, when you look on the off the line, Dave Gellman br- gave this off the line a new life. But if you look at one guy that's messing up, one guy, look over to that left side to see what Nate Solder's doing. What is he doing over there that makes you think this whole offensive line is a failure? There are many issues with this team, but as you said, this is a rebuilding year. As much as this team, the, the Giants don't want to admit it, it's a rebuilding year. It, unfortunately, teams go through this, and yes, we're in a very down time of Giants football, and we're I'm not we're not calling for Pat Jones fine. We're we're disagreeing with some of the his play calling. We're just disagreeing with just items around the Giants. I sat there in the rain and I and I was sitting there like, ah, oh, I I don't want Pat Shermer. That's because many of us fans were sitting there in the rain that paid hard-earned money just to sit there and watch that out there in like 50 degree weather, just pouring rain. So, we're, we're you're gonna have to deal with Pat Shermer for at least another year. Yeah, I believe it's gonna take three years for them. It, he's had last year was obviously a strange year. Was it a strange year? They did a lot of trade, and this year's their rebuilding year. I believe next year's the year where the Giants believe they should be able to go out there and compete because it's Daniel Jones' second year. He should feel more comfortable, and they should maybe have more pieces around them. So, if something goes wrong, unless he just loses his locker room for the next few weeks, Pat Shermer's here for the long haul. Next year's the year where I believe they'll up the leash on Pat Shermer because Dave Gellman doesn't want his legacy to go down with Pat Shermer. If he sees Pat Shermer's not getting the job done, then he's going to kick him out. James Betcher's the fall guy this year, and then if, if this is another season next year where the Giants are like, let's say, like 5-11, like 4-12, then Pat Shermer's gone. You can get your wish next year. But you're going to have to ride it out with Pat Shermer. As you said, Tom Coughlin, people are calling for his firing and, and look at him. He won us two Super Bowls. Like, And people complain about Daniel Jones. I'll, I'll get to that in a second. But Eli Manning struggled his rookie year, and he brought us two Super Bowls. So you got you to gotta trust the process. It sucks now, but you just got to have faith that it will get done and the Giants will be back on top soon. This is a game and, they should have won. We, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. And maybe we shouldn't even have this conversation until the season. Because guess what? He's coming back next year, whether you like it or not. And look at Doug Peterson's first year with Philly. It was a lot like this season. It started off hot in this new young QB and then some losses in a row. And I'm telling you, I, I think that's the kind of year it's going to be is that Philly year. I'm not saying we're going to go and win the Super Bowl next year. But what I'm saying is, is just be at least a little patient. Like that's the thing is like we're not even being a little patient. And like you said, I'm all for bringing in an offensive coordinator who play, calls plays. In fact, I said it three weeks ago. Or two weeks ago, when Jay Gruden was fired, I would love for him to be our offensive coordinator. I love his play calling. He loves Daniel Jones. I think he's a good offensive mind. So I'm not against that, but you have to have a solution. Like, if if I, like if we can bring Jay Gruden in as an offensive coordinator and have him playing calls, great. I would love that. I'd be on fire for that. But I'm also not the biggest if, – like, and if you, if you want to take a Pat Shermer, I'm not the biggest believer in Mike Shula. Now, maybe he can do a better job. But I'm like I don't think Mike Shula is gonna would be in some great office of uh, coordinator. Now if he gets a chance, maybe he can prove me wrong. Um, but it's like, and I have friends from Minnesota. I play college football in Minnesota, and they're and they tell me like, your Giants fans are crazy. <laughs> so I mean, like I said, maybe we shouldn't even have this conversation because he's coming back. So maybe I need to relax. And we're gonna talk about why Daniel Jones sucked and why block and why he led to some of the sacks. Why Saquon Barkley led to some of the sacks, and the offensive line led to some of the sacks, and 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 drop passes. Like the players didn't show up today. Like let's let's be real. If the players showed up today, if we didn't have drop passes and if we didn't miss field goals, and our offensive line and we blocked a little bit better on half of those plays, this is a totally different game. We win this game, and that's just real. And if Chase Chase Edmonds. He must have broken the first tackle on 75% of his runs. I'm serious. Now, and towards the end, he got bottled up a little more. But he broke, like, almost every single one of his plays, he broke the first tackle. Like, can you, can you like, I just, I took a shot at Betcher, but can you blame Betcher for that? The players didn't show up today. And then this game is on the players. I, I'm going to wrap up the conversation here because we got to talk about, the, as you said, the guys that didn't come to play today, and that is the players. I don't care if you like don't like Pat Shermer or if you do like him. You're going to have to accept the fact that he will be here next year. And it's the way it's going to be. So the, the problem, as you just said, it's the players. I'm not sure what side of the ball we're going to jump into first, so I'm going to send that to you now. But 
Patrick was not out there playing football. He's on the sideline trying to coach and win us a game. We, I, I've said my piece. I'm just going to be repeating myself at this point. So just get ready because Pat Shermer is going to be here next year. And the problem is it's offense coordinator. Bring in a legit offense coordinator or give the play call on the shoe. Give him a shot. That's my beef with Pat Shermer. Right, which is fine. All right, so we went 20 minutes on that. Let's take a break, and then we'll we'll talk about the guys on the field. All right, so a lot of people are starting podcasts today. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Their creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will, di- will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one play. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You'll be glad you did. All right, well, if you're still listening and don't hate my guts, let's talk about Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones was just flat out bad today. This, the fumbling of the ball, that interception was his worst decision of his career so far. Um, there was no excuse for that. There was guys that were open that he didn't hit and he held on to the ball too long. It was a bad game from Daniel Jones. And this is the most learnable game that Daniel Jones has because the Minnesota game, he kind of just – like, he missed two open touchdowns. Uh, New England game, guys just weren't open. Like, they just weren't. Um, and he was missing his guys. But this is a game where he can look, look back at, at a Cardinals defense that isn't good. I mean, like, I screwed us. I screwed us. He almost sounded sick. If, if you look to his press, I don't know maybe if that was just him being down. But I was like, is he sick? But I didn't want to tweet that out. And people were like, oh, you're just making excuses. No, you know, he's sick. <laughs> uh, and I'm not saying he was sick. But I was like, man, he kind of sounds a little sick. Anyways. But that, even if he was sick, that doesn't make an excuse for bad decisions, decision-making. Um, basically, that was what it is. He, We kind of have lived – like, I love the fact that he doesn't – like, he will try and make a play and get the ball down field. But that screws you at times because there's times where you, you shouldn't do that. You should get the ball out quick. And, I'll, you know, I already put one out. But there's times where Daniel Jones needs to catch the ball and get it out of his hands right away. There was guys open. There was a third down where the two outside guys ran a slap slant and and Evan Ingram ran ran out flat and he was open but and there was another time where Evan Ingram was coming around on the flats and there was a time where Saquon Barkley had a wide open slant Daniel Jones had open guys today that he didn't find he didn't go through his progressions he didn't get the ball out quickly he didn't read the defenses great when they blitz seven he held on to the ball too long when when they're blitzing seven you've got to throw that ball bing you you catch that ball you throw it and he didn't do that. And the fact that he couldn't hold on to the ball when he was getting sacked is even bigger a problem. And I know that people hated the Eli self-sack, but he kind of needs to take a page out of that book. That when you know you're going to get sacked in this league, sometimes you just got to go down. One, because of fumbles. But two, like you, you, he'll, he'll get hurt eventually. He broke his collarbone in, at Duke. I only missed two games, but it, it happened. So, and he led to some of the sacks. And I, I have all these sacks written down because I want to go through them. But like he, he, Daniel Jones played bad today, and he was a major reason of why the Giants lost. Eleven interceptions in five games. It's or eleven turnovers. I eleven. Oh, I was like, what? yeah. <laughs> I said interceptions, and I was like, that's false. I'm like, wait a second. Eleven turnovers in five games. So it. I said, I don't remember what game it was, but I said he it, the Bucks game because I was like, all right, Jones, you need to be a little bit more aware sometimes of what's going on around you. And he he's sometimes a oblivious in the pocket. That's one. He's a rookie. I have to understand that. But I, the problem with that Bucks game was, yes, we won. That's great. But now that's the standard people expect now to go out there and just to light up the scoreboard. We, we can't expect that from a rookie quarterback. That was just that was just the best debut he could have had. And so now fans are going to expect it every single week. He, that interception was very bad. He needs to learn to throw the ball away. That's another issue. He holds the ball too long and either ends it a sack or a fumble or it's intercepted. It's never. He sometimes just refuses to throw the ball away. Patrick Peterson told your favorite reporter, Kim Jones, after the game, he said, we saw he had trouble with the two-shell against New England. They, they wanted to close the middle of the field and, and give him confusing looks. And they, they did that. They made Daniel Jones look lost out there to look at the tape because being at the game it's hard to get the exact feeling of what he did wrong but he needs to be more aware of what's going on around him sometimes he just need throw the ball away 
as much as I complained about it with Eli Manis sometimes, it was the right call because it saved drives. He needs to do that. Throw the ball away. D- don't. If he made a few different decisions there, like he threw the ball away, that would be a different uh, situation possibly. And yes, you just didn't see guys sometimes. You just I, I Golden Tate was open at least twice sometimes, and he did not hit him. So Evan Ingram was. Evan Ingram there, was. There was there was it, open guys to be there, and you know, yeah. and then when he did deliver, we had drop passes, man. So it, like I said, like this was this game was on the players. The players didn't play good. The players. But I'm not going to get back to that passion right there. I'll open a whole can of worms again. So he, it's a learning experience. We all have to understand he's a rookie. We need him to learn. Uh, but these are some things that I, I don't. I, Daniel Jones should be more aware of sometimes. We know to when to throw the ball away. Pocket presence that'll just come with time. I mean, you would expect Nate Soldier to be a decent left tackle, but obviously we're the stupid ones here. So. Just be more aware of the pocket, and then obviously what killed this team was drops from multiple players. Ingram had one huge drop. Tate had a few yeah, drops, but I mean he was our leading receiver, I believe. But he but he had multiple drops. So also don't say if Sterling Shepard's out there, Sterling Shepard would have done nothing to this game. He would have contributed nothing. So I mean, terrible game by Daniel Jones. I mean I'm surprised at this point we haven't seen bring Eli back in tweets. Uh, so. Just forgot to take the good with the oh, bad. Oh, you didn't and, see those? I saw a few. I didn't see them. I I did also see someone say uh, mentioned we should have taken Sam Darnold in, in the the draft two years ago. I didn't say anything, but Daniel Jones unfortunately going to go through growing pains. We're just going to have to deal with it. But the Saquon tweeted out at the end of the game. He's like hashtag stick with us. I mean, we're going to stick with you. Obviously, we. I know you were here in 2017. I was here in 2017. If you stuck with the Giants in 2017 and you're willing to leave them now, then I don't know what's wrong with you because 2017 was the year you should have hopped off. That was a nightmare scenario. So we're just got to trust the Giants will get it better in the future. This is the game they should have won. They looked better on paper. They had better playmakers, in my opinion. They were just even keel. And they're playing the Detroit Lions next week. I don't see a clear path to victory against the Lions. So I'm not saying the season is lost. This was a game they needed to win to keep the season on track. But Jones did not play well. And unfortunately, that Bucks game, as good as it was, it set an expectation for Jones. And now people, if he has if bad games, they're going to believe that he's no longer the answer for New York. I still believe he's the answer, franchise quarterback. I know you believe he's the answer at the franchise quarterback. I believe many of you think that as well. But if you don't, just keep this in mind. He's a rookie. And remember... Remember what Eli did in 2004. I don't remember 2004 very well, but I know Eli did not play well in 04 at times. And look at him now. And well, n- not now. Look at him in the <laughs> <laughs> look, look at, at him, him now. Out there. Second string quarterback. <laughs> look, at, no, but he brought us two Super Bowls. He brought you guys the best memory of your life. Just, just trust Jones to get it done. And and maybe a few years we'll be back in uh, wherever the Super Bowl will be held, hoisting the Lombardi Trophy. Him and Pat Shermer. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Um, and like like I said, Daniel Jones didn't play good, and the rest of the team didn't play good. But like I said, like when I say like I'm not mad at Daniel Jones and his mistakes are fixable, I understand that you can say that about every rookie QB ever. Like, like I, I, that is kind of like an easy out. It's like, well, these mistakes are fixable. But it's the traits of Daniel Jones that we like. It's the fact that he's willing to take chances and make big plays and not be afraid. But that also screws him sometimes. I'd much rather have him being like, all right, we need to we need to rein it back in a little bit. You need to get the ball out quicker. And when we did move the ball, like look at the second touchdown drive. Like we he was getting the ball out quick and it was working. Um, and then you know the first one was the big play to Elson, which was a beautiful throw and uh, and and not not a like a very tough throw to make to a receiver like an Ellison who's not a good receiver. Um, but it's like. We can we can rein him in a little bit. We can tell him get throw the ball away. Whereas if you got a guy like Marcus Mariota, where it's like, yeah, he has a great completion percentage and he doesn't have turnovers, but he sucks because he doesn't take chances and he's afraid to move the ball downfield. So like I'm like my my faith of Daniel Jones going forward hasn't wavered one bit. In fact, like like it's it's his rookie year. He needs to learn and get better. Obviously, he wasn't going to have a Tampa game every single week. 
Although after the Tampa game, like in your mind, it's like, is he going to have the greatest rookie QB season of all time? Uh, I mean, look on the other side, like Kyler Murray, while they did get the win, he didn't do anything. Like he, now I'll give him credit. He is so slippery. It's so hard to tackle him. His legs are like, like we like Daniel Jones legs. His legs are unbelievable. But look at him in the passing game. He didn't do anything. He had a hundred yards. He, he had a few open receivers. Um, so like that, like like Daniel Jones, I'm completely fine with going forward to the future. And then eight sacks. So I don't want to go like deep in depth on each one of these. I'll go quick and just read my notes because I'm going to actually do I'm going to do a breakdown on the all 22 film of each of an individual sack. So I'll just run through them real quick. Sack one, Evan Ingram's open, six man rush. They have a free blitzer. Uh, Chandler Jones beats Rammers, but not really because Daniel Jones backs out. He runs backwards. And then that runs right into Chandler Jones. But he had Evan Ingram like, at the beginning of the play. That's, that was the one where he went to the sideline and the two outside guys had a slant. Uh, sack two, Evan, oh, Evan Ingram, third and oh, – or sorry, that was the one where Evan Ingram was on the drag route. Sack two, Evan Ingram, open, third and three. Pocket collapses mostly on Remmers, but they rush four. But he had Evan Ingram open. Sack three, uh, the screen play. Ingram gets beat. But uh, by Chandler Jones, but he like he wasn't expected to hold that block for a million years. Saquon actually took a, t- a little too long developing into that route. Jones held on to it, and that was that fumble at the fifty yard line. So I like that actually was a little more in Saquon. He needs to break out of that a little quicker. Um, or or and it's on Daniel Jones. If you realize he's not going to throw that ball in the dirt before, and like he like Jones was coming right at his play side, so there was no excuse for that. Sack four. He had good time. This is the one where he ran forward in the pocket, and then Chandler Jones, uh, where he redirected and ran, and it was like a two-yard loss. But, like, Daniel Jones was running forward, and, and Chandler Jones got him by the legs. And there was an open receiver on that play. Sack five, Saquon completely whiffs on a, on a blitz. Completely whiffs. Sack six, uh, the Patrick Peterson blitz from the backside. Solder and Saquon go inside. Uh, a bad communication. Hernandez got beat on the inside, so Saquon tried to help there. Um, just a, that was overall on, on those three. I don't know. I can't tell you which one to pinpoint that on, but it was on somebody. And, you know, Patrick Peterson's coming from a backside blitz. You know, that's not like that kind of gets unnoticed a lot in the NFL from even the best of guys. Um, sack seven, Zeitler gets blown up. Solder pushes his guy way, way out. And then Jones, he runs out from the back of the pocket and gets sacked. Um, and then sack eight, Solder beat off the edge. Remmer's blown up bad. Very bad on both those guys. So, like I said, four of those are definitely not on the offensive line. And you can argue that the Patrick Peterson blitz wasn't on him. And he had all day. And Daniel Jones was just holding on to the ball way too long. That's the thing. He held on to the ball too long. I I can't comment on the the ones that Evan Ingram messed up on, Saquon messed up on, because I I couldn't see those. But I can tell you for certain I saw those two Nate Solder messed up on. And those, of course, those are the two I keened in on. But... Nate Solder, yes, we needed a left tackle to replace Eric Flowers, but it it's I, I don't know what's going on with Nate Solder. I mean, the Patriots just clearly got rid of him at the right time because he's done nothing for us. I mean, yeah, the second half of last year he played well, but this year he's done next to nothing. He's probably the weakest link of this offensive line, and I would have guessed it would have been Remmers. So. He is. Remmers is better than uh, Nate yeah. Solder, at least, at least in the past game. The fact that this team gave up eight sacks is, is disgusting. Yes, not all of them are on the offensive line, uh, but eight sacks is unacceptable. And four of them were in those two final drives, which four sacks in, like yeah. four total sacks isn't good either, so I'm not like defending them. Yeah. But it's just like let's put a little bit of context to it. And I remember like I remember a game I had where we look we gave up six sacks, all from the left side. I didn't play on the left side. And I'm like, man, and I was I was a captain, I was like, O line let, uh, let us down. Then you go back on the film Saturday. My coach calls me. He says, that was all on the running backs. The running backs screwed up every single block. And we went and looked, and I'm like, wow. And then we spent all week having the running backs practice blocking. And I just got to light up running backs in practice all week. So it's just like, let's. I'm not saying the O-line played good, but let's put a little bit of context to it. Yeah, the, the, the whole offense is to blame for why we didn't play well. So – Obviously, I'm, I'm going to go through the All-22 myself because I have people have asked me questions I want to go look at myself because, as I said, being at the game, you get you don't see everything as well. 
every single player on that offense contributed to today's loss. Every single one of them, from Saquon to Daniel Jones to freaking Benny Fowler. Everyone agreed. Everyone failed us today. No one played well. As we talked about Pat Shermer's play calling abilities, as I said, he's not the one out there playing football. Those guys are the ones that let us down. Everett Ingram had one catch, one catch, and he had multiple targets, and he dropped mul- and pretty much all of them. So everyone contributed to today's loss. We didn't deserve to win. Arizona was a better team. That's the simplest way to put it. They're not a good team, but they were the better team against us. They played better. They outclassed us, and they deserved to win this football game. And you know what? Like, because I, I, I mentioned Saquon's blocking. Like, wow, you're throwing Saquon. You're blaming Saquon. I'm like, no, I'm not blaming Saquon. But he, he did like he had screw ups. Like he, and running the ball, he was great. It was, like it wasn't flashy numbers. He ended up with like four yards per carry. But we also had like a thirty yard called back on that uh, two minute drill at the end where we got screwed by the drop and that holding penalty on Will Hernandez, which was a holding penalty. Uh, but like, and he like in the receiving game, like there was. There was multiple times where Saquon's like, you know what, we don't get that first down if it's Wayne Gallman or John Hillman. Or that five-yard gain is a two-yard loss with Wayne Gallman and John Hillman. So I'm not like saying Saquon, like he needs to figure it out. But he contributed to two sacks, maybe three. And there was another one. Where, remember the play action where they had the linebacker blitzing down the middle? And Saquon just doesn't get – like he just lets him run right past him. And Daniel Jones gets hit. It's not a sack. He gets rid of the ball. But like that's on Saquon. So I'm not saying like, Saquon, what are you doing? Because Saquon is a good blocker. He had a bad game as a blocker, but he is a good blocker overall. Uh, but like you said, it's on everybody. Evan Ingram. Well, and Evan Ingram was missed when he was open. So like it's, the stats aren't as bad as they are. But he also had that huge drop. And he had the one short drop, which is, you know, only a few yards. But nonetheless, it's a drop. And I don't know how much the rain came, like, came into play. Um, but yeah, that sideline play, like, that's three points that got left on the board. And Aldrich Rosas... That's three points that got left on the board. And maybe seven if Ingram catches that ball. Like, we moved the ball a decent amount after that. So, like, there was just a lot of things where the, the players just didn't execute today. That's what it was. And, I'm, like, like we said before, there's things that I point to Pat Sherman, like, what are you doing there? But the theme of today's game is the players didn't play well. And we'll talk and, you know, we'll move to defense in a second. And, like, I have a lot to point at James Betcher for. But even the guys on the defense didn't really show up either, at least, you know, run game-wise. The Giants had 10 days off, <laughs> and they, they went out there and did that. Uh, and we also take into account Saquon. Yes, he's an amazing player, but he has not played in the past four games. He was injured with that high ankle sprain. He was going to have, a, obviously, a little rust. So I'm not saying that – no, I, I'm going to not say that. The Giants next week, I, I don't see a clear path to victory against Detroit. Unless they fix these issues, I don't see them winning Detroit. Detroit's just a much better football team. But there's there's players on this offense to believe that there's hope in the future. Evan Ingram, I don't know what went wrong today. I, I would assume the rain had a huge issue on him. But he dropped too many passes. Golden Tate played fine. Uh, it just needs to be better all around on all sides of the ball. And But also, I just want to give a quick shout-out to, uh, I think it was Riley Dixon on the, obviously, Alter Gross House, but it's the kick. But it, was a, it looked like a poor snap by Zach Diossi. Riley Dixon gave, gave Gross House the best opportunity to make that field goal. He picked up that ball, got the laces in front, got Alter Gross House lined up perfectly. He just missed the kick. So shout-out to Riley Dixon. But, yeah, I mean, it, it was it, not – no one played well. It was like they did – it's like they didn't want to go out there and play football today. It's, it's like they're like, eh, I mean, it's raining, it's wet. I don't want to be out here today. I don't want to go home where it's warm. Guess what? We all wanted to go home where it's warm. But you guys, I, I always defend the players because they make this game possible. But it looked like they just weren't didn't want to play. It's like they're like, meh, I just don't feel it today. It was they had ten days off, and there was no reason to go out there and lay an egg like that. I get it. Maybe like your first drive, you were off. But there's no reason after that to not play well. I'm sorry. Just no reason. Yeah. And so a quick note on the defense. We talked a lot about it. But James Betcher, he, like, I'll, like, like I said, like, I'm not afraid to call out a coach. James Betcher has sucked this year. He hasn't been aggressive at all. He hasn't been who was hired to be or who he was hired to be. We continue on these third and fives, third and six, to play our, our DBs like past the first down marker. And not even blitz when we do that. We don't blitz. I mean, when we do blitz, they're the most vanilla def- blitzes in the world. So, like, like, and like I said before, guys didn't – like, Chase Edmonds broke tackles, on, like, his first tackle all game long. And we knew they were going to run out to the outside. 
I, I highlighted that all week in our Cardinals breakdowns. They love to run to the outside. That's why. And, and you mentioned earlier, and I, I meant to make this point, of like not getting like like hyped into like after each game where the defense plays good, like the Patriots game, that like kind of like because people I know because I've been a, like oh you're just always positive you're always looking for the positive and, and I am a positive person, but what did we say after the Patriots game last week with the defense showing out? It's like don't really buy into it because I think the Patriots game plan sucked. They played it into our strengths. Um, when they like I said when they when they passed the Patriots passed the ball quick they did well but for some reason they weren't doing that in most of the game and they just ran right into the middle of our defense which is our strength so like for people like oh you did, you're always looking for positives like no after a, they played good against the Patriots on defense we said don't buy into it because they Patriots did everything that we wanted them to do I mean no I just don't know what James Patrick's doing now it's reached a point where it's like I'm sorry what the hell are you doing you're you're afraid. You're you're just not sending people. You're like sending what four guys the, basically the whole time. Why? And the thing is, we don't have like great four guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the Justin Tuck, OC Strahan, and JP or JPP. Like yeah. rushing four is the goal if you can get there. So it's just it's like yeah. this is this James Betcher. This is what you were brought in to be is to be the guy yeah. who drew up these crazy blitzes, and they're just not doing it. The only thing different yeah. that he does is run three safeties a lot, yeah. which is. Michael Thomas is pretty much like a like it, that's not crazy. That's just having a different type of personnel out there. That's not like that's not innovative defensive coordinator uh, calling. I mean, at this point, what's the difference between him and Spags? I'm sorry, James Betcher. James Betcher was considered to be a head coach and candidate in uh, 2018 when he's brought to us, and now I guarantee you, not a single team is going to be asking for to interview him. It's I don't know. I mean, yeah, he does have the greatest talent, but you're telling me Marcus Gold who's having a great year so far. You got Dexter Lawrence. You got guys out there that can play, and you're you're just you're not being yourself. You he's gone after this year. I'm sorry, he's the fall guy. Yeah, I don't care if you want Pat Shermer fire. I don't care if you just be like screw it, fire Shula because he's doing nothing. But James Betcher is 100 percent gone after this year. I mean, at this point, I, I there's no difference between him and Spags. I know Pat Shermer wanted to bring in his own guy, but like you're talking what. I wonder, if Spags was here, would this defense be better or just basically the same? Because, I mean, Spags is nothing special. I mean, I love Spags. Don't get me wrong. I wish he was still here because Jake Betcher has done nothing. But at this point, would Spags have been a better coaching candidate for D.C. than James Betcher? I don't know. Uh, th- as I said, this defense is great. He hasn't been handed the best deck of cards. However, though, you got Janoris Jenkins. Dave Gilman got you Jabril Peppers. You have Marcus Gold, who's having, who has rebounded fantastically. You got a, a, a 300-pound monster, Dexter Lawrence. You got guys, but for some reason, you, you're you're afraid. You you're playing too conservative. We are two and five. We were two and four at the time. Be aggressive. It's Kyler Murray. The guy is just gonna run around the pocket. You can make his life a nightmare. Be aggressive. Stop being conservative. It, it, it's starting to piss me off. And that's the thing is we're playing against Kyler Murray, who. Loves to, like you think Daniel Jones like his first read. Kyler Murray loves his first read, like, and that's like that's the main thing. Yes, we don't have the greatest players, but the players that we have right now are built to run the scheme that James Betcher is supposed to run. DeAndre Baker has been playing fantastic after the first couple weeks. Janoris Jenkins, besides the Tampa game, has been playing pretty dang well. Marcus Golden, when you get him matched up with tight ends and running backs, he wins that battle every time. We talked about that and. With his player profile projection, the guy kills tight ends and running backs. And we have these big uglies in the middle who garner double teams. So it's like when you have that, your blitzes should allow for Marcus Golden one-on-ones with tight ends and allow and force teams to double uh, Dexter Lawrence and then let a blitzer go up the middle free and allow your guys to do something on the back end. That's why it's frustrating. It's not like, like yes, we don't have the greatest personnel in defense, but the personnel is kind of built in a way to run James Betcher's scheme, and James Betcher is just not doing what he did in Arizona. He's 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 pretty much doing what Spags did: you rush four and you play cover two, cover three, cover four. That's very it's it's very vanilla. It's like preseason defense. Marcus Golden, Olsen Pierre, Antoine Buffet. The Giants went out of their way and got you guys that you played well with in Arizona, and I. It's 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 mind-boggling to me that he he's like this. I I don't get it. I I brought the comparison to Spags. Tell me what the, that's different there. I'm not saying keep Spags because I I am very fond of Spags. Obviously he he just seems like a great guy. But like I I don't want James Betcher. 
next year. The guy, he, I, I mean, as I said, James Betcher's a big guy. He looks like a fun guy to be around. But, like, what has he done? What has he done? He's done nothing. I agree. And, but you know what else I'm not going to do? I'm not going to say let's fire James Betcher right now. We can no, after, well, after after week seven. I'm not saying let's fire him now. Like, we can I'm criticize saying. him, but, like, let's talk about it later. Like, when it comes to that time, then we can talk yeah. about, all right, this, we need yeah. to move on from James Betcher. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. He's, like, I feel like we're being critical. It's just that we're not over the top, like freaking out, and that bothers people. So I, yeah. I don't. Know. I mean, I, I'm pretty good with everything I've said. And Bethea, I was wrong about Bethea. I, I love the Bethea signing. He's been absolutely useless. He adds nothing to the game. While we haven't seen Julian Love, and maybe Julian Love would come out and stink it up. At least, at least we think he would run around and try and make plays. Where Bethea just takes horrible angles, um, is late to the ball, and misses tackles. Faye is a joke. I'm sorry. At this point, throw Julian Love back there. He'll, he's washed. He's, yes. He got washed over the offseason. Because yeah. when you go look at his like stuff last year, he played really good last year. But yeah. right now, he, he's, he's washed. It's, yeah. it's one of those things where I don't know if he didn't put in the work. This, I'm not accusing him of that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. from last year to this year, he's just not the same player. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I'm not, I'm not saying do because I don't think it'll work. But Michael Thompson balling for you. <laughs> Screw it. We're 2-5. and five. Put Michael Thomas in Antoine Buffet's spot. What do we got to lose? We are two and five with no clear direction this season. Just throw it all at the wall. We got the Lions next week. Just have fun with it. Just go out there and just defeat the Lions. It's 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 annoying. Obviously, I, I was calling for James Betcher's fire, and I'll probably say that when week 17 comes around. However, I can't say that now because maybe he'll turn it around, even though I got no confidence in him to do that. But I don't get why he's conservative. Just be yourself. You were hired here. You were one of the brightest minds of the defensive coordinator spot in 2017. And now you're just like everyone else. Not everyone else. You're just like the guy that we just Vanilla. got rid of in Spags. You're, you're, are we still in the preseason, Bobby? I'm confused with his defense. The preseason. Remember the preseason? 4 0. We're 4 0, and now we're 2 and 5. I, you know, the Nets had the chance to go 4 0 in preseason. In my mind, I was like, I hope we lose this game because I remember getting excited about Giants 4-0 preseason. So they, they lost. So let's, let's, let's start on Wednesday, baby. Let's go. It, it's so it's such a horrible weekend, at least for me. The Yankees ripped my heart out. I'm, DJ LeMay who hits that home run, and it just – I just yeah, yeah, yeah. Woo, woo. Scaring my dog. <laughs> I was freaking out. She thought I was yelling at her. I was just so happy. And by the way, the people are like, I wish DJ LeMay who didn't hit that home run. Like, no, I'd actually, I, I, I want to say this clear, like, the right way. I'd rather have that ripped away from me, that pain <laughs> being ripped away from me, instead of never having that joy of excitement. Like, like they, you know, they lost, season's over. I'm the kind of guy, I watched the post game for two and a half, three hours afterwards. I was up till 2.30 just watching them talk about the same things on Fox Sports and MLB Network. Because, like, I want to I relish in this pain. I want to remember this pain. Mm-hmm. That's why. Dwight Howard, when they lost the Magic Lost NBA Finals and he made Jameer Nelson watch the Lakers celebrate, while Dwight Howard, things kind of went downhill. I, I was a big fan of that move. I, I just I don't know what this has to do with the Giants, but I just had to put that out there. Let's go Mets. Mets 2020 World Series champions. Maybe they'll bring me some fun next year. But I, I unfortunately, the Yankees are my... What what the talking Yanks guys? The Yank they they like they don't care about football. They're they're all baseball. They're folks. The, the Yankees are the Giants to them. And as Justin Penick said, like the you got 162 games to go out there and, and make something happen. The, the Giants got 16 games, and as I I feel stupid for believing this team could somehow make a run at the playoffs. We are one game behind. It what is 27 seven right now as we're recording as the Cowboys are winning. I mean it's. The Giants are gonna fire. The problem is, the problem is, I'm complaining about the Giants next week, but I this week I guarantee you next week I'm just gonna be all over them again, and just they're gonna break my heart again. They're just gonna lay another egg. That that's they're gonna win next week. You know, that's (laughs) if they do. That happens in the NFL. That that would do. It really is like that. That's what happens in the NFL. Like a team is so down, everyone gives up, and it's like they beat the Lions. It's just that's just how the NFL works. Yeah, it, it's just the NFL is a strange Actually, game. Not because the Lions are coming off two losses and they're gonna be pissed. Um, yeah, maybe we'll give up on that. For we're, sure. we're coming off of uh, what three losses, so maybe we'd be more pissed. But I mean, I don't know. It's it. There's gonna 
I'm just gonna keep falling into this trap each year. Heck, I fell into the trap that Josh gonna make playoffs after we won a few games. He, I am so they're just gonna break my heart every week. And as we're complaining about now, as we made the joke, we're like, when does the next season start? We were talking about that during the break. When the first Sunday comes around, when there's no football and no Giants football, I'm gonna be like. Damn, I I miss getting annoyed at this team. I missed sitting in the rain and just watching them. Well, I won't miss that part. But I would I'd be like I miss <laughs> going on this podcast and just yelling at everyone that Pat Shermer is not going to get fired. But I also got to miss yelling on putting on Twitter that I want Pat Shermer fired. Yeah. Um, all right. So we'll be back on Wednesday. I think we should talk about you know we'll do mailbag. So I think that'll bring up some trade deadline questions. I didn't want to do that today. Obviously, oh, we'll do some film cleanup. I'm going to do, um, like I said, I'm going to do a breakdown of each sack. Um, so, yeah, we appreciate you guys listening. If you, And I, I'm going to tweet this episode out, and I'll be like, I'm not putting my thoughts on this team into 280 characters. If you want to know my full thoughts, listen to this episode. And if you think I'm an idiot after that, unfollow me and unsubscribe and never listen again. Because this is, this is who we are. We try to be real and reasonable. If you want to... If you want to go listen to a Giants podcast where they freak out and overreact, I got a few recommendations. Just hit me in the DMs um, and some follows. Uh, I'll give you some good people to follow. They'll say, you know, fire patch. They're going to freak out. Um, But when things change, they will uh, they'll be on old takes exposed. Um, You know, (laughs) they'll say one thing about, you know, Dexter Lawrence um, in week three. And then in like week 15, they're going to be praising him or something. And then they'll be like, you know, that's just they say what everyone wants to hear. It gets more likes. But you know what? We just try to be real. This episode went a little long. I really hope people listen to this full one. I think we got our thoughts out there pretty well. Danny, any final words before we go? Uh, I know. I, I said my piece about something funny. Did you know there's a general Elijah man in account like that Captain Andrew Luck? Yeah, I've seen that a few I, times. I just read what he put out. It's it's just one of the dumbest things I've ever read. I won't say it on air. You can read it. But, no, I said my piece. I'm annoyed, but come Thursday or Friday for our pregame show, I'm going to be hyped to watch the Giants play the Lions because it's another week of NFL football. That's the cycle until December, and they're just <laughs> going to break my heart every week. By the way, I, I, you know, I tweeted out that I benched. Aaron Rodgers to start Daniel Jones in fantasy football. And everyone got a hold like, you idiot, you idiot. And then finally I left a reply because I won my game by a lot and I just left the score. And just said and and, and just said Ligma. Like Ligma. (laughs) We're we're in high school, we're in Ligma. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's the show. We'll be back on Wednesday. I'm sure I'll get triggered uh, while you're listening to this. So (laughs) we appreciate you guys listening. I really do appreciate anybody who listened to this full episode through. We try to be reasonable. So it is what it is. We'll see you guys on Wednesday. Let's go big blue.